Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another season of Canon Talk. I'm yours, morning, my as usual, Aiden. As a, don't forget a Champions League season. I think it's the first Champions League campaign we've had um, during the you know our, our yeah. stint that we've had our podcast. So you know, and, and onward and upwards for us as well. Yeah, okay. Then I think we must replace for the season. <laughs> okay, minus minus the copyright strikes, the big <laughs> patches, the logo for Kenny. <laughs> But I mean, that, that being said, jokes aside now, I mean, you, you know, like, uh, you know, come postseason of, of the end of last season, uh, the, the, you know, the way it uh, ended, like, for us, um, like, how did you now, like, you know, picking through the meat and bones of, of the previous season, and, like, what was your, also, like, your self-therapy, like, I mean, I, I know you had, like, also the, the distraction of, you know, being newly married and all that, but how did you then, like, uh, have the time off, like, now with this off-season before the fixtures even came out? You know, I, I, to be honest, like I didn't even, I just switched myself from football completely. You know, I didn't um, watch even the international games. Um, I just watched the Champions League final. I watched the Champions League final. Yeah. Thereafter, I just, you know, said that's it. You know, City winning the Champions League, showing that you know they, they were the best team yeah. in yeah. the world. And yeah. if Arsenal were basically in any other league, we would have won it at the canter. So I just took that, you know, took took heart from that and. Switched off completely from football yeah, up yeah. until probably, you know, the transfer rumors started to really kick in, which was the end of June, start of July. But other than that, you know, like it was almost like football didn't exist, not exist, but like I yeah. just carried on with my life and just did what I needed to do. And, and it was it. And, you know, after, you know, picking, like you said, picking through the meat and the bones of the season, it's like you, you say to yourself, you know what, we did well, um, you know. We at the at the start of our previous podcast, I mean, no, the first podcast of last season, you know, where we are now. Um, oh, well, we're now is there in Germany, actually, where we had a, um, um, a year ago almost. Uh, but we, we kind of spoke about, you know, what is it that we wanted for this season? And we, we kind of said that we wanted um, to, to get back into the Champions League football. And you still, I remember people saying, you know, give a good go in the title race, you know, we kind yeah. of gave a good go. and. Obviously, when we get into it at the end of like you know at the end of this, we will give our you know opinions again. But I think we a lot of us got caught up in the in the title race hype because who wouldn't you know win last if we actually been in a situation like that? I mean, we chased Leicester for a bit, but it wasn't as close like we did with City. So you know, Arteta gave us chance to believe again, and we have a lot to look forward to as can be seen now what was happening this summer. Yeah, and, and I mean, yours? like mine was also fun enough. Roughly the same, but I mean, there are certain aspects that I actually kept in mind, like with, with so that you actually mentioned. I mean, I try to always, uh, almost like say, brush it off, saying it don't bother me. But you know, at the end of it all, what did bother me was something that you mentioned also, like close to the end of last season. Like, there was no more like the season was just about over, but then you still said, you know, like, are we going to regret that? You know, the Liverpool away, the West Ham away, and the, the Southampton at home. And then when you look at the, the gap that you actually we eventually lose the title to to City, which was what a five point gap. Five point gap, yeah. So and you think there's oh, Jesus, like how many points like that? You know, just that little straight, that that little uh, space of what ten days that that gave a three a, a fixture run of the three fixture run in in that ten days, just through that messing up and that that you know could have been a you know a huge 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 uh, difference. But I think after that, when I now, you know, that kind of, 
processor to let it. I did the full thing like you did. Uh, switch myself off completely. What like football focused more on, on almost like family life and 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 like you know some of my hobbies like some of the gardening and that. I, I put all my effort and that in that. But then as like the minute the, the you know when you get the what's it, the, the the itch or the scratch was that you know when the, the Premier League fixtures come out. Yeah. And you start seeing okay. You look at the fixtures, but now. The way I know you, or the way I know my son, you guys already started to plot the map already out to, you know, work these fixtures like you know through process of through because look, now they haven't even implemented the you know when the Champions League fixtures get thrown in the mix as well. So there's gonna be also a lot of arrangements and rearrangements with with that. But that that said, I mean, I'm now you know really in the zone now. Like the minute the first solid solid rumors came out. I was already not totally in the zone, and I mean, I'm looking forward to the 23-24 season. You know, you you hit the nail on the head um, with 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 any that points like you know that that all those autopsy, you know, losing the title by five points. We we dropped four points to the to um, Southampton, who ended dead last. And um, I mean, even at West Ham, we were two 0 up. That's six points already. And don't forget Everton as well. We know where we just lost our head. So. You know, you look at it, we lost nine points, silly, silly, like silly mistakes, but you also look at the squad depth. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that, that fatigue also had a hell of a lot to do with the last, uh, you know, that final month or two, even two months, yeah, you can say, because look at that, the day we lost Saliba and, and Tomiyasu, I mean, for me, that was already, you know, a spanning the works moment already. We, you could see... Immediately, like, I mean, it was almost like the minute we lost Saliba, immediately you could see already the the gulf in class that we're lacking, you know, with with you know, with all respect to Oldie. But he's just not a Saliba. So, I mean, there already was a, a key injury and, and key errors were then also made constantly. Yeah, I know. And, 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 I mean, even that loss to Brighton, I mean, that's also another three points. I mean, it's like they gave up, you know, after City beat Everton. It's almost like that, 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 that belief was sucked out of, yeah. The kind of so, and, and funny enough, you know, I haven't done that that that, that map, that roadmap of, of of the games. You know, when the fixture list came out, kind yeah. of said a glance at it, and I didn't go into too much detail into it because, like yeah. like you said, it was almost like I just needed to to detox it. But because the season was intense for us as 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 Gunners, I think. I mean, I don't know when last you felt so emotional over the season because it's like each and every game you always were invested in. And because the importance of it, your body felt also like tired after certain games, you know. I think after that Aston Villa game, uh, where we, we, we won that 4-2. But yeah. I mean, that wasn't an easy game to sit through. And then it was, um, I think it was a Bournemouth game. We won 3-2. It was like games. It was, you know, your you, you heart and soul was in it compared to, you know, a few seasons back when you go 2-0 down, 1-0 down, like. There was nothing on offer, really, you know, but at this time there was something massive on offer. And I just think, you know, I think we all just needed this break. And, and I think now we're all coming in, you know, strong because I do feel there's probably a revolution happening at the club. Yeah. And I mean, now look, with the sort of incomings and I mean, in, in like say chronological order, um, did you see the old Kai Havertz thing happening? Because I mean, for me, it, it seemingly came out of the blue because. I mean, one minute you see, okay, Chelsea are kind of in turmoil and that. We also knew, you know, up front, by the time the season was going to be over, they're going to also need a massive overhaul because I think they were about 20 players over the amount of um, 
you know, with a sort of, uh, you want to build a, 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 like a, a team for the season. They had almost like 20 players extra that they needed to somehow move on. And I mean, uh, when Arsenal jumped in for Kai Havertz, I mean, I first thought it was like just a prank that gone wrong or something like that. I also thought so because like, you know, if you, if you thought, if you told me, um, you know, of Chelsea, who do you want to sign? I remember still we still spoke about it probably a year ago or a year and a half ago, or it could have been when that whole the, uh, the Todd Bowley taking over and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned you wouldn't mind Kai Havertz in the team, but you probably meant it as, you know, maybe him being as a number nine because, you know, at Chelsea, even though he wasn't on his best of form, the goals he was getting... Um, was was quite pivotal in the in 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 certain games. And he was only the guy that puts his hand up, you know, to to put the ball in the back of the net. He takes the pressure on him. I mean, he got the Champions League final goal. But you were also a fan of Havertz when he was at Leverkusen. Yep. You know, you you yep. spoke quite highly of him. You said like, you know, I wish Arsenal could could bring this guy in. And I mean, you're still a, very much a youngster when he was there. And I mean, you know, I'm sure there is a player inside there that just. And I, I actually, like my thoughts, look, I, I, I saw like a lot of, you know, Chelsea fans now, all of a sudden now, you know, have gone the full 180 about Kai Havertz and that. And then, I mean, look, he, he had almost like a very uh, uninspiring, say, 23, 24, 22, 23 season. But, I mean, as I said, or as you now mentioned, there is a player in there. And, I mean, if, I think the reason Arteta wants him over or brought him over to us, is just that, that factor of what he was at Leverkusen when he was like clocking between 15 17 goals and and he was like a linchpin in that team that didn't have like an out and out striker but he was chipping in he was used as a winger as a false nine as even a attack like a cam so i mean i think that is what he's actually looking for now yeah and, and i think uh much brings you that he brings that versatility you know i mean should should arsenal be forced um, should Arsenal be forced to use him as a number nine? You know, he suits his injury. You can use him there. Like, for yeah. me personally, I don't know how you feel, but I could be, feel more confident or comfortable with him playing up top than maybe in Ketia. You know, that's just my my opinion. But, but you know, what, what, I, yeah. you know what, what I don't understand is I saw, I saw a lot of criticism of, of Havertz when, when uh, like, several Chelsea fan base now. They said, oh, yeah, he can't, uh, you know, hold the ball. And, then, and yet, when you watch various highlights packages of him, I mean, I'm talking of the extensive highlights things of his of his career in England. He does a hell of a lot of hold up play. Like, we, you, you know, hold, like with his back to go, hold the ball up. Then he's waiting for the overlap runners to come, like whether it's a left or right winger, or one of the central mid- midfielders coming through. And then he'll just thread the ball through and break, you know, breach the defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the club shouldn't expect. You know, he's not your out and out striker, but I mean, he's going to he's he's fitting in that Arsenal kind of mold where he can create chances. But if you're gonna give him a one on one chance, you know, he seems quite deadly in front of goal. I mean, look at that goal he scored in the Champions League final. That showed quite a bit of composure, you know, to 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 do what he did there. So, you know, we not we, we shouldn't expect a guy that's gonna kind of bang twenty to thirty goals, but more of a guy that's gonna kind of chip in with maybe another ten to fifteen goals. With another, you know, five to six assists yeah, as yeah. well. So look, now we move on to the, you know, as I said, chronological order. The next target, uh, Julian Timber of of Ajax, 
a right back and a alternate can play as a center back and and even when pushed he can go even higher up the field to play all the the famous uh, pips inverted right back again so what's your thoughts on this the signing now you know uh, it's it's a very it's a very good signing and i think you know that 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 the one youtube video that you still um, tell me to watch where, where, where arsenal are should not sign like players that you know oh we have two guys in this position three guys and two guys in this position you know it's where players can like it's almost like they have a specific role in the team where they can play right back they can play center back they can play defensive mid or they can play you know wherever and i think that is what this this team needs and i think it's an excellent um it's a youngster up and coming guy but he also has that that uh, because of playing at the ix academy and it's almost like you know the players almost 10 years older than they're supposed to be because i mean they they they, they experience a lot playing for ix i mean he knows the champions league he knows he knows what champions league nights are he knows um and i think he's a solid player who who you know can comfortably shoot Saliba, pick up a knock, comfortably slot in there. Ben White pick up a knock, you know he can come in slightly there. Or you know it's, it's just nice. Uh, he can be an able-bodied replacement, should play to a rotate for the Champions League. Like that, he's just bolstered our squad. And I think yeah. with bringing him in, and like you have with him, Tommy. Like if you look at our backline, it's him, Tommy, Yasuo, Saliba, Gabriel. Obviously, Holding will be leaving, and Kivio, Tierney, and Zinchenko. I mean, for me, I mean, like that's if Timber is the, the 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 ground running and can you know he goes up to what he's worth. Yeah. You have a solid backline that you know you don't have to look at if if everybody stays and everybody gels, you don't have to look at that touch that backline for the next you know five to six years you know and and that like something you mentioned if Arsenal can can sort out the defense and backline, it's almost like. Not that we won't challenge for anything this season, but next season you almost have a budget to say, okay, you know what? We are we missing a top quality striker? We can go in for a hundred million on something. You can yeah. take us to the next level. And I mean, now what what also made me think a hell of a lot now the last uh, few days now when when that deal also broke now when it, uh, everything was confirmed. Now you all of a sudden have quality on the bench, like you know of the same caliber or even better that can come on because. It's something that you mentioned. Look, at the start of the season, you could still see it with us. But as the season wore on, and you know we lost players, like you know on this on the on the, the title challenge, then you can actually see that that all of a sudden then the bench start looking thinner and thinner. Yeah, I dreaded that, and then all of a sudden they show the like to say the Man City bench, and then you look like one solid international comes on for a, a World Cup winner, or this comes on for that, and then you think, geez, look, you know now you all of a sudden start envying them, seeing. That's the sort of adjustment and, and substitutions we can make, and now we're getting to a level where we can actually start saying we can bring uh, you know big guns on like that now. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at you know, uh, we'll, we'll probably get into the outgoings. Obviously, we we lost Shaka, who was you know starting player in our team every week. So, you know, we we need to make sure also that you know we're not just replacing. We need to be adding to the squad. So our numbers need to be beefed up. And like you said, you know, we need to get to that point now where we can look at that bench and say, you know, you know, Harvard's coming on for somebody or Trossard, you know, coming on for somebody. So yeah, it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see, you know, this, this team has the potential. And, and like I said, we'll discuss, you know, what 
would you all be if you look back at this 23-24 season again? You know, what will you define as a season you're happy with? But, you know, the squad does seem there and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, then now comes, like, you know, the signing of the summer or, like, whether, you know, whichever angle you look at it. Also, you know, after much debate and much, you know, wrangling and angling and that, eventually outbidding and, and beating Man City for the signature of Declan Rice. Wow. wow. That was a, a statement signing, I think, you know. Not not the case, you know, I know all the people are saying now all of a sudden Declan Rice is overrated. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, he's not, in the, he's not in the league of Rodri, Casemiro, and, you know, um, even they're saying party, you know, Declan Rice is not in the league of party. And now all of a sudden... You know, Declan Rice is the is a waste of money and it's gonna be a flop. But it's crazy, I think. But you you know, if you look at teams that's that's one, you know, I'm not sure what position Arteta exactly sees Declan Rice to play in that midfield. But if you look at teams that's won Premier League titles, a defensive midfielder is the you know, he's almost that key area that that, that swings in the title. I mean, City had Rodri, Fernandinho, even Yaya Torre when they were, you know, when he was coming yeah. up from deeper. Um, uh, Chelsea, when they had Matic playing in, in that position, Makalele playing in that position when they won the title. So, uh, Kante at Chelsea and at, um, at, at Leicester. So, that's a very imp- important position. And I just think Arsenal... <coughs> Haven't got that position right in a long time. Yes, party was there, but it's almost in drips and drabs when he was playing. You know, there'll be a moment where he plays like ten to twelve games, you know, perfectly. Then he goes on a you know five game slump, and he picks up a four game injury, comes back, tries to find his feet. So we never really got going with him. But party, you could see when he played his his, his best. He was what we were missing in the middle of the park. But prior to, you know, party, we've never, ever had that solid foundation, you know, in that midfield position. Like Shaka, they forced him there, but he wasn't that player. And I think with Declan Rice coming in, I think our spine is kind of almost sorted in that team. I mean, you're going to have a proper defense, a defensive pairing, Aaron Ramsdale's there. And Declan Rice, and he'll add a lot to the team. I mean, if you if you just, that confidence in him when, when, I don't know, you probably did see it with Arteta, you know, con- like welcomes him to the team and then kind of asks him if he has anything to say. It's like, you know, he, he never even flinched or felt shy about it. Like, you know, he just uh-huh. spoke out like a, a true leader. He just said what he had to say. And, I mean, I just love that confidence in him. And you can just see that he's going to be somebody when... When the chips are maybe down in the in the in the game, where he's gonna help Odegaard, you know, pull players up and say, you know, let's go, we can do this. And Declan Rice, I mean, I've watched him since you know when I watched England's game and whenever you see him in West Ham's games, like the guy doesn't give up, man. No matter what's happening, I mean, you saw how we pipped that ball off party, which created yeah. that downfall in that game. Yeah, and I mean, like uh, watching him also, like. Look, he's somebody, he's not going to only, like, you know, break up play when when teams try to build into a sort of rhythm. He's going to also see there that he's a kind of shield, you know, protecting that that back four. And, I mean, he's, like, the other thing he also adds, he's going to give a, almost like a sort of leeway to people like Odegaard or Harvard, or even if Potter should be saying around still, you know, to really venture forward and add even more bodies into the box. And, and I mean, you've seen when, when, when teams are on the back foot, 
he might even throw himself in the box and, and you know, never yeah. goes. Because, I mean, that is just his, his character of, of play at the moment. Because, I mean, you saw for England, he did the same. Like, we make these late sort of runs and he gets there and his recovery is also fantastic. Like, when he has to go from attack to defence. So, because uh, I think that is where I, I, I sort of envied Man City when they, the way I really thought John Stone's career was over and done with. And then when you see how Pep adjusted his old game plan so that John Stone's become this pivotal figure that ends up, you know, either when they in, in defence, he makes it the back five. When they go forward, he makes it the midfield five or attacking four, whatever. Because, you know, that's that almost like a, a guy that you can, like, you can use all over as a role. And I think maybe that's what, you know, I'm not saying Arteta is thinking of doing that, but maybe that's what you could possibly do with the defenders he has been. Because his defenders are ball-playing players, okay, I, I, between that, I mean, kind of the Saliba and Timber. You know, those are probably two guys, if he wants to experiment with the John Stones role, you could slot the two of them next to each other as, um, you know, not two of them, um, either Timber or Saliba, maybe yeah. next to, um, to, to, to Declan Rice. And then you could have the likes of Odegaard and Havertz playing further forward on the ball. Because I can you imagine if you just say playing with with Timber as inverted right back, and all of a sudden you throw uh, Zinchenko to come in as well, then you're sitting with a, a midfield where you're just going to actually smother or blow away the opposition if you've got people that have that sort of passing prowess and, and attacking uh, features to the game. Yeah, the thing, the thing I like about Timber and, and um, more Timber than Zinchenko is that, that Timber has very good defensive awareness. You know, he's born yes. and bred a defender. So he can sniff out danger as well in that position where he all realize also, I'm not going to go. And I also believe Declan Rice will add something like that to that uh, midfield where he will talk. I don't know if Party is someone who, who, who talks. I'm, I, I don't know. But yeah. Declan Rice will probably tell Zinchenko, you stay there. You're not going to push in further now. You know, we're under the cosh. You know, so I think Declan Rice gives you that, that you know, that vocal presence that will talk to the back line. And, like, I, I'm really excited for yours more than just, you know, for his playing ability and what he brings to it. I mean, and the fact that we beat other teams to it. I mean, over the years, and that's why I said it's because it seems like it's a revolution at the club because over the years, you know, we would have lost out on, on Declan and Ice now. I mean, you know, just because City came in, we wouldn't be able to keep up with that bit. We would have pulled out, they would have got him. And same with Havertz, even I know Madrid and Munich were kind of interested in him and he kind of said, um, you know, he wants to rather come to the to Arsenal. Yeah. So, um, we're going to move on now from that signings. Now we go on to potential outgoings. Look, as you mentioned already, Grand Chaka has left the club to join uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, you know, at first, I was a, yeah, I, I can handle it. I can, you know, and then when, when, when you start seeing, uh, you know, the farewells and that, then all of a sudden you have this sort of, you know, this emptiness in the pit of your stomach and you think, you know, almost like now you really appreciate Grand Chaka. I mean, at times, I know we, you and I used to hop on, like, say, two, three seasons ago. Yeah. About some of these flaws in his game. And that, and all of a sudden, Arteta comes and, I mean, t- transitioning to a, a, you know, fantastic play, if you think of his performance last year. Yeah, no. And and I, I do think we're going to, to miss him. You know, in his own right, we're going to miss him. But, and, and that's why I was concerned letting him go. And, you know, we'll touch on it with party as well. It's the fact that, 
you know, I don't want us to go with the same number of, of players again into the season. I mean, you know, you and I were talking about, you know, yeah, maybe we have to uh, give up the the Europa League for, for a title race or maybe we have to, you know, knock ourselves out of the FA Cup. Well, not knock ourselves out, but, you know, you can't really go for a run because we're focusing on the Premier League. You know, now you're throwing in a Champions League campaign now where this team has to perform on a Wednesday and a Tuesday. You know, they, they can't go and play like they do in the Europa League where you can, you know, muck around and still get the result. Now you have to go play a Champions League game against a side that wants to win as much as you do. And then they're going to have to compete on a Saturday or Sunday again in the Premier League where, like I said, it's going to be a constant competition. So, you know, losing a guy like Granit Xhaka would have still been able to play a part in the season. And so, you know, you need to replace and add numbers on top of Xhaka. You know, it's pointless. You know, you just say Avac is going to play in that role. But, you know, who else is going to be playing in that role if Avac gets injured? Yeah. And I mean, uh, like, uh, with regarding, you know, with, with Shaka now leaving, I think now it's also going to show a sort of like a different dimension of the way they're going to play because it's, it's now going to be something that we've now got almost like a younger model coming in there that, that should have that, you know, the legs that could cause more yeah. damage, could even add more goals because, I mean, the, the sort of goals that, that Shaka was push, uh, pushing out was almost like unseen and unheard of in yeah. his, at Arsenal, like the way... He was performing, and then <clears throat> that being said, also with regards to potential outgoings, um, with with some of these lone players now coming back, look, I, I think where they could Arsenal have been almost like you know either giving people extensions or uh, you know with options still to probably loan out again another season. But I, I just think people like look, I saw Cedric is like part of the party that's going to go to this the US tour. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Pepe at all, so it looks like he will probably be, you know, staying in Colney and then probably from there, you know, kind of looking for, for potential deals for either a, a sell or a, another loan move. Because I think Arsenal are at the, at the stage now where we're just going to try to probably let somebody cover their salaries and just let them, uh, you know, wind their, their, their contracts down without losing that much money. Yeah, Pepe, I just think, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to have that hunger. I mean, I'm sure if Arteta um, saw something in him, you know, it played him in that was a 21-22 season where we lost out of the champ- Champions League spot. I think, you know, Pepe just didn't show what he needed to show. And I think, you know, it's best to probably just load him out. And because, I don't know, I don't think they'll get a buyer. I mean, the fact that Nice didn't want to keep him on, you know, kind of says, says a bit of... of, of I don't know if it's his character or attitude at the moment, but I mean, and surely if he was doing a job, they would have wanted to keep him on there. Uh, yeah, Aiden, this is something I actually forgot to also just add in the mix of, you know, our conversation as well. But I mean, like, you know, when you think of another incomings, and then of course, yes, we talked about the outgoings and that. But I mean, for me, Arteta must really trust his squad more, like, for the coming season, because I just think that was the biggest letdown for me at the at certain parts of the season where, you know, uh, we are told you in games that, that are becoming almost like dead rubbers, he would play the, the still first teamers right until, you know, with 10 minutes to go. Then I think to myself, you, know, you could have given like 20, 25 minutes to your your bench now to give them the extra uh, match practice. But yeah, no, we definitely do. But I, I don't know if we're still going to mention it, but um, at the Thomas party, 
you know, what, what's your thoughts on that? Because I do believe that, you know, you, you, <coughs> you can't let Thomas Party um, go if you're not going to bring in something that's going to be able to come in as well. Because you can't say Declan Rice is like for like, you know, incoming and outgoing because <laughs> they we're not building this squad. And, you know, you know how seasons go, you know, Declan Rice picks up a knock, <coughs> then what? You you can't be standing still and be like ah uh, you know we we back to square one again. Declan Rice is injured. We don't have someone to cover in that position. So do you think it's a case that maybe they have an idea that you know Saliba and and or, or Timber is going to slot in that 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 John Stones kind of role or something similar so that Declan Rice can be there and if Declan Rice is injured they have a plan B. Or do you think they, if party goes, it's kind of like, you know, they're going to bring someone in there who's going to help and be Rice's kind of, you know, not understudy, but like, you know, if they can rest Rice, that guy will play. I mean, my, look, I've got actually like two opinions on this point, on your talking point right now. I mean, the one thing is, we kind of persuade him to stay uh, till January at least, where we can like, you know, see how things go out. If he's not happy with the situation, you know, we're giving him a sort of a card to get, you know, to get out of jail type of thing, card. Uh, the other option is, look, if, if uh, most of the Saudi clubs are throwing big money around, and if they can give us something close to what we paid for him, where we don't almost like take it as a, a loss, you can take it almost like as a, as a profit, we, if we say do, let him go. But then, I mean, I would, I would invest that money immediately into something like Lavia. Just yeah. as I said, we're not going to leave ourselves really short because look, there's certain players at the club. Yes, you have them around the squad players, but you're not going to have them come in and, and say, okay, we're going to take this senior role immediately up, whatever. Look, okay, we know yeah. Johnson's, uh, not Johnson, Declan Rice is not there to be, you know, a, a squad player. He's that, to throw money at like that around that tells you that is his slot already, midfield, you know, yeah. paid and bought for whatever. So I just think to myself, somebody waiting in the wings, then you maybe need somebody like Lavia or... I mean, look, I think I said there was somebody who's already out. I think we spent already, you know, way too much. Not that way too much, but I mean, I just think if you base it on the budget and that, and until we also sell players, I think you have to almost like, you know, draw that that the targets a bit smaller, like fee-wise, because Lavia is also a player at the age where you can see he's in development, but he's already showing the signs that he could be the next big baller again. Yeah, because he gave yeah. us a tough time when we, we came yeah. to the Emirates. Like, for me, he was the standout performer out of that whole Southampton squad. Okay, besides that guy that, that they subbed off at halftime, but Lavia was making things very difficult. I think he even yeah. was giving Party a, a, a tough time there. Yeah. And I think that is the, the sort of mindset you must go for. Either we get the sort of money that we spend for Party, or he has to just be part of the squad because. It's not like he's not going to get game time because there's going to be a level lot of games. And and I mean, for me, I just think we need to also respect the, the domestic cups also over the coming season. Yes, 100%. We've disrespected that for too long also. Yeah, no, we've disrespected it trying to get into top four and you know, trying to go for the title race. So I agree with you there. And I'll speak about that when we speak about, you know, targets for the end of the season. Yeah. So now we have now this US tour coming up. They're leaving, I think, sometime today. Uh, we've got, uh, what's it, one, two, three, three matches there in the States. Uh, one against the All-Stars on, on this kind of, uh, next week, Thursday. Then we have uh, Saturday, we've got Man United uh, that we're playing, I think, could be New York or something like that. And then 
On the 27th of July, I think we go all across the states to LA to play Barcelona there. So, I mean, a good uh, workout because I think with every of these fixtures, you're going to see the, the ante being up. And of course, we still have on uh, the August the 2nd, uh, Arsenal Monaco in the Emirates Cup. And then find uh, the final warm up game of the season will be the Community Shield on August 6th against Man City. Will be an interesting affair because I mean Man City's also breaking up their squad, you know, and they haven't had okay they they did bring in two massive play, the one at Gavidol and Kovacic. I think you will fit in that kind of that paper role because he likes being on the ball and so I, I do think but they do are losing. I think they um, Gundogan. I think he was really the man in clutch moments who would, would pull out something after that. I think the Brainer is kind of aging. Um, and you have, I think, Bernardo Silva. I'm not sure if he's staying or going. And even the, the Riyad Mahrez as well. Yeah, I mean, I know, I think Kyle Walker is definitely leaving to Bayern. Um, so, I mean, but I would look at it. They also got it. Was it Sergio? Was it Gomez? Something that's the alternate right back. And I think Cancelo returns as well. So, I don't know. If they patch up anything of the differences in it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting because I think this Man City side, if, you, if they're not careful, you know, you can see the same thing that happened with that Arsenal invincible side that if you you kind of don't, if you don't keep the team together and you let them go too quickly, I mean, you know, Carl uh, Walker, you know, has also played a pivotal role at, at certain times when he yeah, yeah. when he was playing. I mean, you're getting rid of him and, you know, you could, I mean, I think that Laporte is also probably almost out the door. Yeah. Um, and so you, obviously, Diaz will probably be playing with Gavidal, which is also going to be, you know, quite, uh, quite a formidable backline. Yeah, but I mean, like, funny enough, you can see how the transfer market has changed because look, that thing with that defender you now just mentioned that nothing is definitely because I just checked now there's still no true contact with with uh, Leipzig as you know numbers being thrown around. I know they want something in excess of 100 million for for him, but. Um, like, look at that Man United. Like, yesterday, yeah. they were just signing on Nana. But the minute certain offers are getting too hard to handle, like, even the other day, they were oh, they were told to pay, I think, 50 million for a certain player. And they immediately backed out of it. And I mean, when loss of using Man United back out of a 50 million? No, they are struggling. I mean, the only reason they got Mason Mount is because no one was interested in him. Yeah. Because, I mean, also just had a sniff and they said, Nana, thank you, not, not for us. And I mean, and Chelsea's also in a situation now where they have to overload first before they can bring in anybody. Yeah, and even the players that they're bringing in, it's not people that's like high profile. I mean, that guy of Villarreal, what is his name, Tommy Jackson. I mean, oh, yeah. he's, 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 he's obviously a good player, but he's not like the mold that they, they normally go for ready-made high profile players, but they also like, you know, kind of staying under the radar at the moment, especially probably because they don't have any sort of European football I think it's only Liverpool that, you know, made, I mean, that McAllister and I don't know how to say that guy's name with that S that came from, was it Leipzig he came from? Oh, Sopo's like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 they, they look like they've already built their squad up for, you know, the season outlook. And I mean, look at Tottenham, they're almost like in the limbo as well, they're not sure if they're going to lose Kane or not. And then, I mean, because look, they also let a lot of people go now, because I think Perisic has left. Uh, Loris was not told to stay behind and not go on tour with him so that he can find uh, another club. 
So, and I mean, I, I still think like when you look at the sort of options that, that the Spurs or United are bringing, like, I mean, I still don't think that 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 um, Onana is the right fit for United, to be honest. So yeah, we add uh, the toxicity, probably. And I mean, like with, with Spurs bringing uh, Bologna as number one, I think, to come in and, and replace Loris. Yes, Loris had errors in it, but I just wonder, like, you know, do you take that risk and bring somebody from Serie A that's, that does black like, plays for a very, very mediocre club, like, you know, to take over? Yeah. No. He, could, he could surprise you and, and be <laughs> like Tommy as well. True. Um, the next point is, or the penultimate point is, uh, targets for the new season. What's your outlook for, like, what's going to be a good season for Arsenal? For, for me personally, you know, winning any trophy, I mean, even if it's a, a domestic cup, EFL cup, FA cup, and once again, a push in the Premier League, you know, I'm not saying, yeah. you know, they must win it, but just give a kind of a push and, and you know, in the Champions League, you know, maybe get to the last eight or, or, or even push for a semi-final just to show that you're there because I do think that the team's quality of when we were in the Champions League last kind of has dropped overall. Like, you know, Arsenal coming up yeah. against Bayern Munich doesn't scare you as much as if we should come up against them now. But I do think a trophy is important for this side this season. I think a trophy... Um, a good title push and, you know, go quite deep in the Champions League. I'll be, you know, say, okay, you know what? I'm happy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because, I mean, like, for me, my like my targets will also be uh, being more tenacious in the Premier League, you know, being the title race. And if if that, you know, you kind of falters somehow, I hope not. Because, I mean, like, for me, it's going to be Premier League as, as a, a trophy plus a domestic uh, title, something yeah, like yeah. that. And then also guarantee us against Champions League football because I think that's going to also help with what you were saying earlier in the podcast about maybe bringing in a, a striker that's over 100 million, something like that. Because then, look, we've already now invested heavy. Two seasons ago in the defence, this season was like midfield heavy. And then you go, as you said now, you go heavy again in the striker role again for next season. So uh, that is my target. I mean, domestic run, respected more. Get one of those trophies. I don't care. I'm at the stage where I just want a domestic trophy because we needed sort of springboard to push us to a title. Yes. Yeah. So that was like my take on that. Yeah, I agree that the youngsters, Odegaard and Co. need to feel that like I mean, Odegaard's never won a professional trophy in his career, so I want him to just feel that trophy in his hand and just yeah. lift it and 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 it will filter through. Like Ramsdale hasn't won a trophy, I don't think, like a proper trophy. So. I think all these guys just need to to feel that sort of victory in the in the hands. And like, you know, my final point now is going to be you know the opening Premier League fixture, which is against Nottingham Forest at the Emirates Stadium. I just think to myself that uh, you know it's a real solid uh, preseason with the fixtures that I mentioned. If we can just you know you know build a head of steam as we going into the Premier League uh, season, that can you know, be pure gold for us going into that opening match or opening weekend match. Yeah, I think it's, that game will set the tone, you know, for the season. Like, if you, you kind of, I'm not saying you need to blow Nottingham Forest 5 yeah. 6 0, but, but I mean, just come and go strong, dominate the game, whether you win 2 or 3 0, but dominate the game, get the clean sheet, and just stamp your authority so people can again look and say, you know, last season wasn't a fluke, and, and just, just 
dominate. I think that's what we need to do. So this preseason is important. It's good. We got all our dealings done. And we've always spoken about it. I think it's something that Arteta also does. We get his deals done very early if he really wants. And, you know, maybe we can add another forward to the team as well. Not, not say, a high-profile one, but just someone that can also bag a few goals. Obviously, we party leaves, we need a defensive midfielder, but just, you know, get somebody that can hold the fort until, you know, that 100 million signing can come, even with somebody on loan for the season. Yeah. And then, like, just before I end off, something I had to say was, look, the other day I was watching a bit of the Leeds uh, Man United match, and yeah. that off time break, they were, you know, talking to, to Patrice Evra. And, I mean, he said something, and I, I just thought to myself, you know, in that, that latter stages of our Wenger's career, where, you know, like, we just were not putting teams away and stuff like that. And then everyone was just talking, like, I mean, it's not in correlation now with that moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, something he said, like, kind of stuck to me. And he said, Ferguson used to always tell them, if we're going to beat, beat a team 10 0, don't ever stop there. Because he said, like, yeah. you, you pound them into the ground. Because he said, you don't, like, if you want to be an elite club, you have to not give sick, like, you know, if people are laying half wounded, if it's not like something that, that's where, where medical things are needed, you put them to the sword, all of them. Because he said, like, that is how you, you, you almost like you struck your, your, your power, you show your strength, and you almost like you force your respect on, like, you know, even if somebody wants to show a bit of disrespect, the sort of humiliation you give somebody, they'll think of it like then, you know, the next time you have to play them again. I think that is where we as a as a club used to almost like fall by the wayside. We just don't do that, like, you know, where we like say the early days of Inga, we would now bury a team. Now it's like sometimes it's like, you know, there's still it's, it's like we go one all eight and then it's like, you know, hands in our pockets and we strut around and there's no that that, that lethal explosive finish and I think to be also a title contender, like you know, a rightful one, you need to have that that, that nasty streak to you also to, to bury a team. Like you saw Man City, when they see even the slightest little chink in your, your, your defense, they will blow it apart and humiliate you with it. Yeah, they, they take you to the cleaners. Yeah. So, and I uh, hope you have a fantastic week as the rest of the listeners. We'll chat again next week when we uh, not only preview, we're going to also review the All-Star game of the weekend, or the Monday game. But I hope you guys take care. Enjoy this other weekend. Bye. Cheers. Have a good one, everyone. And good to be back again. Um,